Welcome to Transformation for Success with Dr. Barbara Young. If you're looking for something more, something different, something better, this is your opportunity. Over the next hour, we'll talk about inspiration for personal and professional success. Now, here is your host, Dr. Barbara Young. Well, hello there, and a special big shout out to my national, international, and my local fans and listeners. We are coming live from California. First of all, I want to thank all of you for your support and for tuning in or downloading the Transformation for Success show every week. And for those of you across the United States, I hope you had a great weekend, a happy Labor Day weekend. And for those of you who might be driving back, be careful and be safe. Those of you who might be new listeners, Transformation for Success is a live radio broadcast, and it's immediately downloaded in podcast format for iTunes, Roku, Stitcher, and other uh, outlets. So I want you to share with your friends and colleagues this information. Our shows are rebroadcast on the Empowerment and Business channels on Fridays at noon. Also, check out my television online network. Transformation Success TV on the Voice America platform. We have a new season coming up in September and a lot of new provocative shows coming for you and you can access and view them online. Well, today in the studio, I have a dynamic trailblazer widely known as the filmmaker success mentor. She is a coach, mentor, speaker, author, writer, and former Hollywood journalist known as the Filmmaker Success Mentor. She's also founder, executive director, Hollywood Black Film Festival that she founded in 1998. She is absolutely this dynamic trailblazer. I am so excited to have her on the show. She's also author of a forthcoming book called The Real Deal, and it's R-E-E-L, the real deal about how to successfully get your film made. So I want to welcome Tanya Kiersey, my new BFF. Hi, Tanya. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, Barbara, how are you? Hello, everybody. It's great to be here. Well, I am so excited, really, because uh, when I learned everything about you, and of course, I did a lot of research looking at your background, I tell you, it's just, oh, it's too numerous to try to elaborate to everybody all the things you have done. (laughs) But one of the things I know is that you are the real deal. You know, you meet people sometimes who they've done all these things, but they are not about empowering other people. And what you have done, it truly has been absolutely remarkable in helping filmmakers in particular and others make creatively, critically, and financially, that's the key, successful films. So I want to just sort of, (laughs) yeah, I got the key, (laughs) financially successful films. So I want to just start where this all began, because I know uh, when I was researching, you started your journey as an actress and model in New York City. Uh, and also, yeah. you graduated from Douglas College and Rutgers University in the 1980s. So, Tanya, kind of share us <laughs> a little bit of your background. How did you get into modeling? And, I mean, you're tall, you're beautiful. But what was your success story there? And an actress at that. Well, you, well here, here, here's the clincher. I'm not tall. I'm only five foot three. But I wanted oh my to gosh, be a model. Oh, my gosh. You look tall. I know. I wanted to be a model. And this was around the time in the 80s when petite modeling took, uh, took off. 
And I was there. And thank God I just never gave up because when they started that, I was literally right there and I got booked all the time. So that's a lesson for everybody. Never give up because you don't know what the circumstances are going to be. So I ended up doing modeling and I'm, like I said, size three. But when I went to college, I wanted to be an actor. I always wanted to be an actor. I wanted to go to UCLA and do all these things. And my father was like, no, you're going here. And so I went and I got into the acting program and just luckily met a lot of people who were going back and forth to New York, pounding the pavement as actresses. And that was my journey. You know, I left classes and took the train or drove somebody into New York and went to auditions and, you know, just tried to soak up. Um, Mm -hmm. the industry. And that's how I broke in, just always being around and being out there. And, you know, I worked for many years as an actress and a print model and, Mm -hmm. you know, was certainly successful by my own standards. You know, most people that are in the business, especially actors, you know, they don't make like more than $2,000 a year, you know, and I was Mm -hmm. actually Mm -hmm. making enough to live off of. So, Mm -hmm. um, but I always just say that everything that I did was just God ideas. And, you know, I'm just really blessed that he empowered me to give back to others and to do what I do. Well, you know, um, was your family supportive of you going this route or, you know, because you went to college, were they supportive of you going into acting and, you know, becoming an actress and a model? Well, you know, my, my father's thing was, you can do whatever you want to do. You just get that degree. And he said, it's not to fall back on. It's something to fall forward on. Mm-hmm. And I'm so thankful. I went to, cause I didn't want to go to college. I just wanted to be an actor. And he mm-hmm. said, no, 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 you got to go to college. And, you know, everything that I learned in college has been helpful to me, you know, because it's mm-hmm. life experiences that you don't get anywhere else at that age. And mm-hmm. so I'm just really thankful that I went and they were supportive. I come from a family that are um, immigrants from, um, Panama, my family's like all oh, Caribbean uh-huh. West Indian. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, I just always say there's that entrepreneur and family kind of thing. And, you know, that's just what I was. I wanted to do my own thing. And mm-hmm. my parents supported me 100%. You know, the reason why I asked that question, because I know um, coming in the 70s and the 80s, uh, and maybe even earlier, well, I know earlier than that, when I came along, I mean, it was, the push was education. I don't care if you wanted to, you know, go sing and dance, but you got to get a degree. Education was so reinforced in uh, yes. a lot of the families and immigrant families coming oh. to this country. I mean, you got to go to college because that was the ticket to get it's you a good right. job. <laughs> Right. Well, that's why, I, I mean, I graduated in the mid-80s from college, and, mm-hmm. you know, that was definitely the push. But, you know, as long as I did good in college, I could pursue other things on the side, and that's what mm-hmm. I did. Mm-hmm. Now, one of the things I know, when you were starting out, you said you you didn't have anybody really to show you the ropes, so you had to learn by trial and error. What were some, and you wasted a lot of time and thousands of dollars. So share a little bit about that experience for you. Cause you know, people are investing a lot of money in themselves and they're saying, is this ever going to pay off? <laughs> you know? Yeah. So, well, you know, that's what, it, that's what it was. I mean, I think back and I'm like, oh my gosh, all the money and time that I wasted. And because my mom was so supportive you know, when I needed new pictures or new to this, she would pay for everything for me. And mm-hmm. so I look back and that's why I do what I do now, because you end up, if you don't have somebody to direct you, 
somebody to coach you, somebody to get advice from. This is mm-hmm. a hard business. You've got to have that. And if you don't, it's going to be trial and error, and you're going to waste time and waste money, which is why I do what I do, because I just, I couldn't sit back and watch people go through this, and then knowing that they were making mistake after mistake mm-hmm. after mistake, mm-hmm. I say, let me be the beacon of light that shows people how to do it the right way. And, you know, and I ended up choosing something that I absolutely could monetize and, mm-hmm. you know, turn to making a living for myself, and I love doing what I do. Looking back, though, uh, from that point of view, what would you have done differently? I mean, you spent a lot of money. You had wasted a lot of time. What would you have done differently that you're telling maybe people today? You know, there, there really wasn't much different. I mean, I read everything that I could get my hands on to. That's one thing. you got to educate okay. yourself. You just can't, like, get into the business and just do it at mm-hmm. minimum. Pick up every freaking book you can find about how to break into whatever industry you're breaking into. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. so that informed me a lot. But the rest of it literally is trial and error. If I had, you know, somebody, a mentor, that would have been great. That would have made a difference. But mm-hmm. other than that, you know, it's like a rites of passage. And the more information you have and the smarter you are, and the more well-informed you are, that will keep you away from making mistakes and wasting money. Yes, yes. So you're saying uh, really, you really need to read and study whatever uh, yes. industry or whatever you're going into. You need to, to study it. So, and I think that's a good advice. But what do you think well, about, yeah, you know... You can't, go in, you, can't, you can't go into, you know, any industry without having information and, and you know, knowing what to do. And even though there's so many ways to break into the film industry, you know, there's still some basics that you need to know, and you've got to be informed about them. And so many filmmakers think it's just so easy because now you can just get a little 4K camera and make a movie yourself, but it's so, so much more than that. I mean, it's mind-blowing more than that. It's just not that simple. What, what do you think was your big breakthrough? that happened for you? Mm. You just got a big breakthrough. That's a good question. Well, in terms of money, I would say it's when I booked the National Cosmetic ad. I was probably about 20 then, and it was for mm-hmm. Rickety Lips Lip Gloss, mm-hmm. and it paid me a whole bunch of money, so I didn't have to do any other work at the time. <laughs> um, and then the biggest breakthrough, I would say, was I called her my um, aunt, but she was my grandmother's best friend. Her name was Hilda Hayes, and you may notice that name. She mm-hmm. was an actress. She played, you know, in tons of films. She was uh, Mel Carter's mother on that show, and she, you know, just been around forever. And mm-hmm. she was really my uh, inspiration and my role model, you know, because I saw her on TV all the time, and here she was, like my auntie, and she was mm-hmm. kind of just you know, to kind of lead me and tell me what to do. No, nothing concrete, but she gave me um, the motivation and she gave me the confidence to actually go out there and do it for myself. And that was really necessary. And what really got me started doing what I do now on this path was mm-hmm. I went to a commercial audition for Cherry Kiafa Wine. I was probably 20 at the time, and I was with a really well-known actress named Petronia Paley. And mm-hmm. it was this white um, advertising ex- executive that kept saying, talk more black, talk more black. 
and I'm looking like trying to figure out what is he talking about, you know? Um, mm-hmm. And I realized that there was a difference when you're African-American being in the industry. They, you know, there was that stereotype he was going for. And that okay. kind of opened my mind to everything. Because I kept mm-hmm. saying to him, I'm talking black. I'm black. He's like, no, you're talking good English. I don't want that good English. I was like, wow, that's crazy, right? And mm-hmm. that led me to write my first book. Because I was like, oh, man, you know, everything you do as a black actor is different. Just like when you go to get headshots, you've got to make sure that the photographer knows how to light your skin. And so I quickly figured that there were all these things that you had to know as a black actor that the books didn't tell you about. And I wrote the book. So what was your, what was your first book that you wrote? Was it the, the, the Tanya Principle? <laughs> No, it was called um, Black State of the Arts, A oh, Guide yes, to yes, Developing yes. a Successful Career as a Black Performing Artist. I think right. I did that like in right. 80s, I, was... I think. And that was my first book, and I actually yes. got a, a publisher for it, and, you know, it was out there. I think there's still probably some, you know, copies that you can get somewhere on the Internet. Yeah, but, I, yeah, that was I need to have book. people maybe look that up. I mean, there were how many people actually, it's called The Black State of the Arts, and you uh, wrote it in 1988. And I understand... Yes. Uh, that it was considered the Bible for black performing yeah. artists who wanted to break into the yeah. entertainment industry for many years. And I'm just wondering if that's still around. And do you refer, when you're counseling or when you're talking and speaking engagements, do you make references to that information to your audiences, black and white, or whatever diversity you know group you may be talking what to? What do you mean? I don't, well, do you I'm mean? saying, out of that first book, it was considered the Bible for many African-American performing artists. Did you use excerpts out of that book when you're talking to them and saying, these are some of the things that we went through. These are some of the things you need to do if you want to be successful. I mean, I'm just trying to get a handle on some of the principles in that book. (laughs) Yeah, no, no, no. I totally get it. You know, like I said, it was truly a God idea because here I was, I wasn't, you know, well-rounded in being an actress, right? I mean, I was just starting out and I was actually teaching other people what to do. So I just say that, you know, it's a gift that I had and I, and I got it from reading, you know, and it taught me, you know, how to make the rounds, how to sound an agent, how to get pictures for the acting side and then the same for filmmakers. Okay. Very, the logistics. And that is so helpful because uh, in what I understand and break into the entertainment business, it takes a lot of hard work. It takes a lot of, you know, uh, perseverance and patience um, and all of those things. So those are things that I, when I, <laughs> I talk to you and I say, yes. you must be world's patient yes, person. And it takes a lot, a, a lot of heart as well. And heart. Thank you for sharing that. So now next steps, you move from the actress and model, and now you're going into where you're actually interviewing luminaries. I mean, you've got a talk show going on. How did all of that happen? You know, again, I just keep saying it was a God idea. I was at the right place at the right time. You know, mm-hmm. opportunities when preparation and luck had to mix and match. So you've got to mm-hmm. be prepared. And I was just prepared. And, you know, I just had a vision for what I wanted to do. And, you know, and, and it worked out because I was at the right place at the right time. And I kept trying. I never gave up. You know, when people said, they said, when I 
published my first trade magazine, which was kind of the black version of Daily mm-hmm. Variety or Hollywood Reporter. I mm-hmm. remember the guy who delivered the newsstand said to me, nobody's going to buy this. It was two ninety five, and it was on paper. And he said, no one's going to buy it. And I said, please, just put it out there just one time. He put it out there and came back to me and said, you're, you, you got it. I'm going to handle your publication. He said it sold out in no time at all. And that's because there was demand. You know, there just wasn't information out there. And when you fill a void like that, people just show up. And I was lucky that I filled the void. Black people in Hollywood or who were trying to get in just didn't mm-hmm. have information that was pertinent to them. And I gave it to them, even though I hadn't experienced it. I had educated myself about it. It's just like you go to college, you get an education, doesn't mean you've actually gone through those things. But mm-hmm. you that's right. know them well enough, right? And that's just what I did, basically. Well, I mean, you've done so much. You know, it's like I'm trying to like, oh, my goodness, trying to pull all this stuff together. Because, you know, here you write the book. Uh, then you come up with this daily variety that takes off. It becomes very mm-hmm. popular. And then mm-hmm. you start doing some other things uh, when becoming the filmmaker success mentor. So and that's yeah. what you, you're you're known famously when I start talking to people, oh, she's a filmmaker success mentor because you've mentored uh, so many people. And we're going to talk about, too, how you launched the Hollywood Black Film Festival, HBFF, that you launched in 98. You have such a track record. You know, Tanya, really, it's something trying to keep up with you. Girl, you go from this to this. It's all, <laughs> These are God ideas. You move from this industry. Oh, uh, you know it's just that, you know, I've gone, I've taken advantage of the opportunities that have presented themselves to me, you know, mm-hmm. and, and I've been really careful to make sure that I did things that were in integrity because there's so many scams in Hollywood, you okay. know, so, I, right. and, and that I think, I think that's, that's the payoff at the end of the day is that when you do things like that, and again, if you are starting out in an area where there's not a lot of information, but there's a lot of people that have a demand for it, you know, it's supply and demand. So here I was creating things that had never been for this group of people. And so they immediately, you know, went to it. And that's why I think it was so successful. Well, we're going to take a quick break and we're going to get back and we're going to talk about how you became the urban Hollywood mover and shaker. Wow. So stay tuned, listeners. We're going to be back with my new BFF, Tanya Kearsey. Thank you for listening. (laughs) Keep tuning in. We'll take a quick break. Bye-bye. us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. Moving forward can be difficult to do sometimes. There is always something going on. Many times, nobody else knows exactly what you're going through. If you are experiencing pain or loss, even something that is unexplained that is missing in your life, you'll want to tune into Go For It with host Joe Hausman. Show and her guests will show you laughter and love. Sometimes you just need something a little positive in your week. Make that spot Tuesday mornings at 9 a.m. Eastern Time, 6 a.m. Pacific Time on Voice America Empowerment. Friend us on Facebook to keep up with what's empowering the world. Voice America Empowerment. (laughs) 
This is Transformation for Success. To reach Dr. Barbara Young or today's guest, please call into the program at 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to info at transformationforsuccess.com. Now, back to this week's program. Well, hi there, and welcome back. In the studio I have today, this dynamic trailblazer, widely known as the filmmaker success mentor, and that is Tanya Kiersey. So, Tanya, Hello. you have done so much. <laughs> Girl, I mean, it's just a, it's a joy, because you've done a lot and a lot of positive things um, that oh, have helped so many people. But I want to kind of go inward a little bit. Um did you ever, you know, feel like giving up, uh, having roadblocks because of you were African-American woman trying to make it in a dominant society and particularly in the film industry? Did you ever have your doubts, your moments, and how did you overcome them? Well, you know, here's the thing. Yeah, I am black, um, mm-hmm. but I did not grow up the stereotype that TV puts out there that, you know, black people come from this kind of neighborhood and this and that. I was like a BAP, a black American princess. You know, my Mm -hmm. parents were very educated. We had a beautiful home in the suburbs. You know, we lived in a a high socioeconomic class. And so I grew up, I did not know that being black was limiting because I Mm -hmm. just did what I did. And, you know, so that kept me from it. And then there came a point where I saw that, you know, and I was mm-hmm. like, oh, my gosh, people are tripping out because I'm black. And mm-hmm. I basically just always kept on moving. I, mm-hmm. never, I never let that feeling of, of, you know, not having confidence or feeling like I was less than anybody. I think that it's all a mind game. And, you mm-hmm. know, if you stay true to what you, are, what you want and you stay focused, mm-hmm. then, yeah. And I think the times where I did want to give up had nothing to do with race. It had everything to do with money. <laughs> because, mm-hmm. you know, it's hard to be an entrepreneur out there. You know, and, you know, I mean, I've lived a great life. But then mm-hmm. struggles, I mean, I've struggled my entire life while mm-hmm. living a great life. But there was at one point, um, I had two kids, I was married, um, and it was just hard. And I remember literally sitting in a Bible class. Mm-hmm. My kids are running around like crazy. I'm just ready to lose my mind. And I heard the minister say, some things are God ideas. And mm-hmm. I looked up and I swore she was looking at me. Don't know who she was, but <laughs> I swore she was looking at me. And mm-hmm. it dawned on me that what I was doing was a God idea. It was given to me. It was a gift. And so I had to go and use it to the best of my ability. And that was the only real time I doubted my, myself. It's mm-hmm. always been mm-hmm. money related. Mm-hmm. You know, when, when money is tight. Um, and I always say to my clients, you can't let money get in the way. Because if money is just an exchange of currency. You know, you've got so much more to offer. I think that's a good idea, and I just wrote that down, because I think we get so caught up in it, and we can, you know, and I'm just going back to how, you know, the struggles with two children and married, and uh, in a Bible class, you get God's ideas. Yeah, that is, that is superb. So was that a turning point? Well, it sounds like that was a turning point for you. Oh, 
it was. It was a huge turning <laughs> point because from that moment on, mm-hmm. I never let money or lack of money or lack of anything mm-hmm. get me away because I knew that I was, I, this was my mission. This was what I was designed to do in this world. And that's why here I stand today loving what I do because this is truly me. You know, so many people mm-hmm. with jobs that they hate. You know, they're just working mm-hmm. jobs mm-hmm. to make some money. You know, and my thing is, is that, you know, you should be able to do what you want to do, live the life that you want to live, enjoy it, find what your gift is, and then do that. And so, you know, when I work with filmmakers, that's kind Mm -hmm. of what we hone hone in on. What gave you the uh, idea of working with filmmakers rather than, you know, appearing in films yourself, you know, constantly making a road there? But what gave you the idea to start working with filmmakers? Did you feel like they weren't well, making the I, right kind of sound like a broken record? But it was a god <laughs> idea again. I was, I had done this conference. I decided mm-hmm. to do a conference, mm-hmm. and my publication was called Black Talent News, and it focused mostly on actors but filmmakers as well. So I did this conference at Loyola Marymount University, mm-hmm. and oh my gosh, I had people coming from all over the country <laughs> from my publication. Mm-hmm. And it was basically about acting, but a lot of filmmakers came. And they were like, you know, can we, like, have a bigger part in this and show our films and all this and that? And, you know, I had been a, um, a sponsor of, you know, film festivals and stuff. And so I knew mm-hmm. what they were. And so that mm-hmm. it just dawned on me. I just need to do a film festival because there really wasn't a black Sundance-like film festival in Los mm-hmm. Angeles, which is the capital mm-hmm. of Hollywood, right? Mm-hmm. And so that's how it came about. And then, you know, it just mushroomed. I, I truly believe that when you're on the right path for what you want to do and what you should be doing, things just happen, you know. And that's true. I did yes. not set out to do this at all. I had, this was not my inclination. I was doing this stuff so I could get better at getting more roles and being an actress. I never thought of being anything other than an actress or model. Mm-hmm. Tell me this, though. When we have these God ideas, and I've interviewed a number of people, you know, myself included, <laughs> with, don't, didn't you face criticism or naysayers or people trying to uh, sort of, you know, push you out of that idea or make negative comments or why are you doing that? Or uh, did you have that kind of uh, feedback? This was negative feedback. You know what? Not, not, not really. Not really. Okay. I uh-huh. mean, you know. I, I, I literally didn't, you know, I mean, it, it, now that you ask it, I'm sitting and I'm thinking, and no, I really did not. You know, I just, I, I approached it with such confidence and such, you know, knowing that what I was doing was the right thing, even though mm-hmm. I had no experience really, but I'm teaching people what to do. So <laughs> it was learned. And, you know, I was confident about it and I just did it. I just never thought of anything holding me back. And it's funny, I forgot to mention, before I did the trade paper, mm-hmm. I did a four-page letter-sized newsletter called Black Talent News. It was mm-hmm. typewritten, and I gave it to my parents, gave them 25 copies to go to this Harlem Book Club mm-hmm. event. And they came back, they had sold all of them, and they had a list of like 100 people who wanted it. Wow. Four pages. Yeah, four pages. But that just goes to show you, Mm -hmm. you know, if you find something where there's a big need for it, size the limit. I mean, really. I mean, you get the blaze trails 
in that in that area. And that's just what I did. I blazed my own trail and, you know, I didn't have a lot of opposition because I wasn't doing it for anybody but for myself. I was an entrepreneur. I had nobody that could really had a place to tell me it was a waste of time. Well, I, and I think that's good. I mean, one of the things that you point out, uh, I've heard many times and I've shared, find a need and fill it. Find a yes, need and exactly. fill it. <laughs> that's it. That's it. Yeah. Well, you you've done so much. I mean, now you you are this Black Film Festival that you started the first one in 1988. Did you have a big turnout at that Hollywood Black Film Festival? That the first again, one. God, mm-hmm. I got idea. I got mm-hmm. USC, which is like the number one film school in the country. I got talked to the dean there, and she gave me permission to hold the film festival on campus. Okay. Uh, and as a result, we've got Forrest Whitaker as like a um, honorary chairperson. Danny DeVito gave us money. You know, all those people connected with USC. So it was a dream come true. I mean, I had a built-in audience from the film, from the publication. Mm-hmm. And the first year was amazing. I mean, it was so big. It was just it was dynamic, and I thought it was big then, and now I look back and see where we are now, and it just seems so small, you know, because we've grown so much. And the way that I started the film festival is I didn't know the film festival business, so I hired a consultant um, okay. to teach me, you know, to show me and walk mm-hmm. me through. And I, you know, I think it was like $10,000, and that was back, you know, in 98, and I invested all of that money into somebody who could show me how to do it. And, you know, like I tell filmmakers, you've got to invest. You know, if you don't know how to do it or what to do, or you don't know how to do a film business plan and you don't know how to develop your script, you've got to find somebody to do it and pay for it. You know, it's not going to waste. When you invest in yourself, you're investing in the confidence that you have mm-hmm. to achieve mm-hmm. your goals. And some people don't get that. They look at it like, I can't afford that. And that's not what it is. It's about you can afford it if you want the success that you're seeking. You need to say that again because, you know, I think so many people um, and, and business entrepreneurs and business leaders out there, you know, we're going through, I know, I hear a lot of people that are going through some challenging times. But you just said a statement Absolutely. that if you really want it and you want it within your heart, you know it's the right thing to do, you will invest because there's nothing that comes easy, nothing that's gained um, gainfully, you know, done and appreciate it unless it's right. with hard work and with a heart. Well, so, I mean, the thing that stops it, people is themselves, you know, mm-hmm. because they literally have doubt. You know, you have to got to be a strong person, have a strong constitution, not fear that you're not going to make it. You got to believe. And once you believe, then you'll start to invest. I mean, I'm always investing in something in my business and that's mm-hmm. because I know that I'm going to get something back from it. And I did that at the beginning, and that's what started me on this route. And so, you know, when I'm talking to filmmakers or actors or whatever mm-hmm. it is, mm-hmm. you know, that's what I'm telling them to do is to make sure that they invest in getting the information that they need, the resources that they need, and all of those things so they can make their own, own dreams come true. Well, you've done so much, and you know, and you started a consulting firm, the Kersey Group. When did the Kersey Group mm-hmm. start up? When did you start that? The that Kersey Group about uh, 
around 2012, okay. um, my first international trip, I was someone um, from Nigeria, which is called Nollywood. It's the third largest film market in the world. Um, someone from Nigeria called and asked me to put on my festival in Nigeria. Uh-huh. So I called it, you know, the Nollywood version of the Hollywood Black Film Festival. And that was like 2012. And I was just at that time, you know, meeting a lot of people. I was really good friends with the Consul General from South Africa, which is a big film market. And it just like everything mushroomed at the same time. And people started asking for my expertise, you know, especially Mm -hmm. in African countries where they were building up their film industries. You know, what could I do? And it actually started with the, um, the, uh, what do you call it? It was in, in London and they had a uh, breakthrough program, Breakthrough Brits program, the British mm-hmm. Film Council. They hired me to work with their filmmakers and stuff, and that kind of opened the door because now I had a great recommendation from the British Film Council, right, for doing this program. And, um, you know, once you do it once and, and do good, it just, everything just happens. You know, I don't think that nothing is, I don't think things are necessarily planned to a T. But I think that, you know, if you're in the right place and you're prepared and you know what you're doing and you've got the right mindset, because mindset will kill you, you know, if you've got obstacles and challenges Uh to overcome and that mindset will get in your way. So you really have to have a strong success mindset. And then I think everything is going to flow no matter what field you're in. You know, you just got to really believe in yourself. And, you know, that so many people have a fear of failure that they let that get in the way, and you can't let that get in the way. Well, your consultancy firm offered such a broad range of services, Tanya. Did you did you hire people uh, in your group to handle, you know, like the film development, script analysis, uh, marketing plans, that social media nope. strategies? Did you? I did, did you, it all. You did all of that yourself. I did it all. But listen, if you're, if you're going to be like a high-level producer, mm-hmm. you've got to be able to manage all of that and do that. You know, and then, yeah, some producers mm-hmm. may not do the marketing and stuff, but, you know, they were just gifts that I had. And so I could do them. And I leaned on them. You know, and I wasn't afraid that I didn't know what I was doing. And so, you know, yeah, I helped, so I helped screenwriters develop their scripts. Eventually, I went to a, a script school, maybe like 10 years later, and learn how to do it the real way, but I still do it my way, you know. And, I mean, I just, you know, I learned it. You, you can learn so much from reading, from education. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's how you become somebody in the world, by, you know, getting educated in a field and doing it. And so I wow. educated myself about filmmaking, and then I just did it, even though I okay. wasn't really doing it. But I advised people on how to do it. Okay, because uh, I was looking at, uh, you know, all the things uh, in terms of your consultancy. And so today we have a number of consultancy firms, but they hire people to do certain aspects of it. And that's why I was asking that, because that's a lot. Oh, yeah. You know. I, yeah. I mean, when it comes to, like, say, copywriting or graphics and things mm-hmm. like that, of course, yeah, I hire somebody. But for the strategic part, and that's what I love. You know, I'm a strategician, a strategician, if you call that. Um, I love that part of it. Right. That's why I like the whole movie business, because you have an idea for a script, 
Mm-hmm. And how do you get that script to the screen? It's strategy that's and wonderful. planning. That's that. That's a great idea too. I mean, I love it. Uh, I love it. I love just just sharing uh, some of the insights about the entertainment world. I've not had a lot of people on the show to talk about the insights of the entertainment world. Some of the what I call the backdrop, which you're talking about, uh, and which you're sharing. Uh, some of the things that work and that individuals and along with your your tidbits and motivational uh, quotes that are statements that people need to know that you need to invest in yourself and you need to learn and apply what you're learning. And so what you did yep. was read and you applied what you read. And so you became um, yep. what we call an expert in some of these things that you're yep. doing. And I really appreciate your sharing it because there's just a variety of information, Tanya, that you have. Now we're going to take a quick break when we come back though. I want to talk about how you moved into another area where you're an entertainment journalist and you're covering a number of high-profile events, the Oscars, the Golden Globes, the Emmys. And I want to talk a little bit about that when you're conducting all of these celebrity interviews uh, with all of these people and what are some of your best and what were some of your challenging interviews. <laughs> <laughs> For for people, That'd so we're great. gonna we're gonna take a break because I want to hear about uh, Halle Berry and Jamie Foxx and my my kind of <laughs> idol Morgan Freeman because Morgan is really doing a lot with, well, you, as a man you know, of his you age. Know what? There's a story about Morgan, so make sure I tell that story. About I Morgan will tell. Freeman and Sam Jackson. So Morgan Freeman and Sam too. Jackson. There's a story. Okay, we're gonna come back and we're gonna talk about. Morgan Freeman and Jamie Foxx and a lot of others that she's had a chance to interview. So we'll be right back with my absolutely spectacular guest today, Tanya Kersey. So stay tuned. We'll be right back. Thank you. We're on Facebook, along with some of the greatest minds of the world, and that includes you. Visit us on Facebook at Voice America Empowerment. Please join Dr. Sarah, a.k.a. Dr. Red, on an amazing journey of love, soul, abundance, compassion, and authenticity. Dr. Red is a well-renowned healer, hypnotherapist, author, and speaker who has overcome personal challenges to emerge stronger than ever before to reach out to you and heal you emotionally, mentally, and spiritually for the most informative and enriching experience filled with unbridled laughter and insights on life, health, culture, and society. Tune in to Dr. Red Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Empowerment. Success starts here. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. It's your world. This is Transformation for Success. To reach Dr. Barbara Young or today's guest, please call into the program at one 888 346-9141 That's 1-888-346-9141 You may also send an email to info at transformationforsuccess.com Now, back to this week's program. Well, welcome back to my exciting interview with the famous Tanya Kersey. Hey, Tanya. <laughs> welcome hey. back. I tell you. Thank you. You know, I have one quick question. Did you ever have dreams 
of being where you are today. Did you ever dream that you'd be this successful? Um, no, I didn't dream it. Okay. I just always, I just always knew. I mean, I've always been on mm-hmm. a path, and I know where the path will lead to. And, you know, I've always just been very conservative about it, but just moved ahead. And, you know, more important than that is that I love what I do. I love, 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 love what I do. I think and that, so, well, that, that shows you know, that absolutely comes through. It, it really yeah, does. It's uber successful for me because I get to do something for a living that I really love. And I just think that there's no greater joy than that in the business world. Well, it's interesting to note all of your accomplishments, and we've shared just a few listeners, I tell you. But before we went on break, when I said we'd talk about the countless celebrity interviews that she's had with such luminaries as uh, Oscar winners Halle Berry, Jennifer Hudson, Jamie Foxx, Morgan Freeman, Monique, Samuel Jackson, boy, Angela Bassett. Woohoo! I mean, the list goes on. So you were going to tell, share a little something about Morgan Freeman. There's a story there <laughs> about Morgan. Yeah, there is a, there is a story. Just so, so you know, a little backstory is, again, I got into a field where there was, you know, a big demand, a big supply, and there just weren't people doing it. And so I created a black trade publication in the mm-hmm. vein of Hollywood Reporter and Daily Variety. That was the one that the guy distributed for me. And so, you know, I I tried to get into like all the, the, the industry organizations for papers and nobody would take me. And finally, I went to the Motion Picture of Academy of America, happened to get on the phone with a woman who talked to me and she said, you're in. So I finally had my Motion Picture of Association credit. Then I became a, a member of the Television Critics Association. And from there, you know, once you get in, you just got to get in wherever uh-huh. you can. And once mm-hmm. you get in, then everybody lets you in. The doors are open. And so when I was doing interviews with people, you know, I met a lot of people when I was an actress. I met Morgan Freeman because I used to be on Another World as an as a extra and under five. And so I worked, you know, on shows mm-hmm. with him for a long, long time. Mm-hmm. And then um, I was a stand-in on The Cosby Show. And Samuel Jackson was Bill Cosby's stand-in. So Sam was my dad, you know, for a whole year of the show. He called me Pud, just like Bill called the kids on the show. And so, mm-hmm. you know, I had a history with these guys, and now they're famous. And the thing is, is that when I knew them, I knew they would be famous, especially oh, Sam. Wow. <laughs> you know, he was working the Chitlin circuit back then, and we just kept saying, why is this dude not famous? And it was while we were doing the show that he did Spike Lee's movie and played that addict, and that kind of was his breakthrough role. But, you know, so I had to interview all of those guys, you know, and it was weird because they remembered me from when I was an actress, and now here I was, you know, a journalist. Right. But, you know, always just so kind and so nice and, um, you know, Everybody, I, everybody I've ever interviewed has been great. I mean, from the Brad Pitts and Leonardo DiCaprio's, to the Holly Berry's and Angela Bassett's, um, just it's been a pleasure. I mean, I've never had any, you know, bad moments. It's always just been great um, and great information. And I think a lot of them, because if you notice. You know, on like say Entertainment Tonight, there's not a lot of black people. You know, there's not a lot of opportunities, even for black actors that have big names, mm-hmm. to get ink. And so, 
you know, I was a black journalist with a black publication. They loved right. it because I was asking them all the questions that they would love to be asked, you know, and highlighting them and putting them on the cover. So, you know, again, when you're doing something that people want and need, you get to shine. Wow. You had, uh, you had something called uh, Reels in the Round, and you, were, you actually reviewed films on that. You, you were on a, uh, a station Biography Channel's famous? Yes. How was that experience like? Because you're talking about the celebrity lives. And that was somewhat um, like entertainment tonight. I mean, I guess our entertainment. Yeah, it was like like biographies. I did a couple of them. I did uh, Penelope Cruz, and I did Mm -hmm. Queen Latifah. You know, it was just one of those shows where they have the experts talking about the person. And, you know, it was cool. It was fun for me. It wasn't just normally what I did, but it was just one of those experiences that was really fun and helped me hone in on my journalistic skills and abilities. And, um, yeah, it was just great. It was just, you know, again, being at the right place in the right time. <laughs> well, it, it certainly works for you. So we've got, we've got to say, well, for other people. Uh, one of the things that you did was, and I noted that, that you hosted and produced your own web TV talk show, Real Talk with Tanya. Are you still mm-hmm. doing that show? I wasn't sure if you're still doing that uh, web TV show. Yeah, it was it was actually a radio show, and uh-huh. it was it was um, it was I put it on hiatus, and I'm actually going to be relaunching it this fall um, as right. a web TV show. Yeah, right. so I'm really excited about that. That allows me to sit down with talent and talk to them not about you know their movie roles necessarily or mm-hmm. what you know films they've done, but the process of it, how they got there, you know, what mm-hmm. advice mm-hmm. they have, because that's mm-hmm. what people want to know as well. And that's exactly why we're talking to you, how you got there. <laughs> yes, exactly. What were some of the things right. you did? Yeah. I have an intriguing question, though, too, um, uh-huh. is how did you manage work-life balance with a husband and children? Because you had all really this successful hard. career, what was going on? How in the world did you manage that? You know what? It's really hard. It's one of those really delicate subjects for me because I okay. spend so much time at the mm-hmm. computer, so much time when my mm-hmm. kids were growing up. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, I take care of my grandson a lot. And one of the mm-hmm. lucky things about being an entrepreneur is you have time to do things like that. So, right. you know, I'm kind of like this full, full-time babysitter when my daughter is working. And I could already tell with him He'll come into the room and he'll see me on the computer. He doesn't like it. Uh-huh. <laughs> and it reminds uh-huh. me of my kids, too. So those are the things that, you know, you unfortunately have to carry with you. So I try so hard, you know, when he comes in to jump up from my chair to, you know, go to be with him because uh-huh. I don't uh-huh. want to repeat that. That's one of the things that you lose out on when you're so focused and so, you know, in the moment mm-hmm. and wanting to make things happen that sometimes it's hard for the other it's hard for the other people in your life. And I know it was for my kids. So you just have to find as much balance as you can. I ended up, you know, overdoing a lot of things and giving them a lot more to kind of compensate for that. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. it turned out to be great kids, very talented, very motivated and very successful. So I'm just thankful for that. 
Well, I'm thankful for you sharing that. But it is, you know, always the intriguing question when we women are in professions that call on us to perform and manage time. And it's really interesting, uh, which is a rhetorical question I think today many women are grappling with. Do I want a career, family? I mean, how do you juggle all of that and success along the way? So it's just, I just wanted to ask. Over again, I've learned some things. If I were Mm going to do it over again, I've definitely Mm -hmm. learned some things that I would put into place so that Mm -hmm. it would be a better balance. Mm-hmm. And that is that I would schedule my time like I schedule it now so that I gave, I gave time to everything so that everything fit together. So, you know, when my kids mm-hmm. time, it's like, okay, this is their time between this and this or this day or that day or like now I don't work on the weekends. I did back then because I was mm-hmm. hard line. I wouldn't mm-hmm. do it now. You know, I would save, I would, I would only work probably four days a week mm-hmm. and save Friday, Saturday, and Sunday for the kids and the husband, which I no longer have, <laughs> mm-hmm, and, mm-hmm. you know, all those other things. So, yeah, there is a way, you know, hindsight, it's just hindsight. You Now mm-hmm, you know mm-hmm. what you didn't know at the time, and if you have to do it again, you know what you're doing. That's why I'm doing that with my grandson, because I learned my lesson. <laughs> well, you know, if you had to share, I'm glad you shared that, because uh, I know that even now, uh, a lot of women are juggling with that, um, trying to find that balance between the husband yep. and the children, um, and yep. you know, and become successful. So for yep. some, it's easy. like maybe having to you know wait a while. You know, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't have all the answers, but I do know that a lot of women will ask me that question: How do you manage? How do you, Doctor Young, uh, in the, your past life and the, all the things you've done? How did you manage? Uh, work-life balance. Yeah, you, so. you just really have to carve out time. I mean, you can't, you know, when, when you're an entrepreneur, you want to do that 24-7, but you can't. Number one, you burn yourself out. That's the big thing. But number two is, you know, all the other life experiences are value-added things that add to what you're doing, you know? So it's important to be really well balanced and to make time. And so you just carve out the time and you really set a schedule. Just like, you know, I, I tell filmmakers that they have to plan their day and they have to plan every day to do one thing for their career, make one phone call, send one email. And it's the same thing when you're balancing. You just got to mm-hmm. find time for everything. So you got to be really good at planning. I think that's very good advice, and so thank you so much for sharing that. You know, uh, it, this has been so exciting. I could be on the phone talking to you forever uh, for, about so many things, questions I have, because you have such uh, this luminous career. Um, but I want to thank you so much for being on the show today. And I just have one final comment I'm going to make about you. You have been described as being empowering, educating, inspiring, motivating, and helping professionals to become and to be the best version of themselves. And truly, you have been all of that today, Tanya. So I want to get some last minute, you really have, I want to get some last minute uh, information from you because you're such a powerhouse. Give me three, give me just three quick success strategies that you would share quickly with the listeners out there from Tanya Kersey for successful life. 
not just as a filmmaker, but for a successful life? Yeah, I think number one mm-hmm. is number one is to educate yourself okay. on what you want to do and become the best at it. You know, don't try mm-hmm. to fly by the seat of your pants. Know what you're out to do and mm-hmm. know it through and through. That's number one. Okay. Number two is love, is love yourself, mm-hmm. you know. Um, love yourself enough so that you don't work yourself into the ground. And I see so many people doing that. You know, you really have to give yourself time. Don't feel like your career has to be everything. Enjoy your life. I can't tell you how many actors and actresses are now in their 40s and 50s, way past childbearing days, and never had a kid and never got married. I just think about all the actresses out there that, you know, we all know that are in that place. Mm-hmm. You know, they let it fly by. You can't let it fly by. You've got to enjoy life at the same time you're pursuing the career. And number, that was two, right? Yes. Um, and number three, and that's for me, I just say, um, see, that's a hard one, number three. I would say, um, I said, love you. Oh, gosh. I said, you know what? I have to think about that. I mean, second one, those are the two most important things for me. Uh, oh, number three is invest in yourself. Don't what? be afraid to, to invest oh, in yes. getting the information and the help that you need. Um, I tell you, I have a coach right now who coaches me on business stuff who is phenomenal. And she charges phenomenal prices, you know. So I'm paying like upwards of $12,000 a year. Um, and I'm not somebody who plays for classes at all. But when I met her and talked to her and I realized that she had the information that I needed to get to where I wanted to be, I invested. And so that's what everyone's got to do as well, especially filmmakers out there. You don't know what to do if you're stuck. You can't find the money to make your film. You don't know anything about the distribution. You cannot fly by the same with your pants. You've got to actually get out there and find somebody to mentor you, to coach you, to guide you. And that goes with anything in life. If you don't know it, educate yourself and find it by finding that person. I want to thank you for that because um, I'm going to repeat that because these are some wise comments, Tanya, for anyone who in any industry, number one, educate yourself and become the best at it. Number two, love yourself and enjoy your life. That is so important. Love you and enjoy your life. Every day is not necessarily promised, but live each day. That's Dr. Young coming in here each day to the fullest. Number three, her comment was invest in yourself. Invest in yourself so that you can be the best and you will be the best investment so that you can help somebody else who will invest Absolutely. in you. Yep. So I just want to thank you so much again, Tanya, for being on the show. Oh, well, thank and you like for I said, me. you're my new BFF. <laughs> and <laughs> for listeners out there, if you'd like to get more information from Tanya, you can go to her website, www.tanyakersey.com. Dot com and contact her and you know what? if you need more information. If you have something else you'd like them to know, I will be happy to. Yeah, I'd like them to know that today, actually, in what about four hours, I'm doing a free masterclass for filmmakers. And so oh. you can go to 
http colon backslash backslash bit.ly that's bit.ly bit.ly slash free filmmaker masterclass and you can sign up it's free all right so all of you filmmakers or people who are out there that would like to be in the filmmakers class you've got the information from tanya and if you need it in writing in please DM me at info at transformationforsuccess.com and I will send you that link. Again, that's info at transformationforsuccess.com. I'll be happy to send you the link in case you didn't get that. And thank you so much for tuning in today with my show with Tanya Kiersey. And have a great week and I'll see you next week with my guest, Jennifer Conke, who will be talking about Lead Her Ship. So stay tuned and thank you for listening today. Have a blessed week. Bye-bye. We appreciate you joining us for Transformation for Success. Please join your host, Dr. Barbara Young, again next Tuesday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time. That's 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Or join us for our replay every Friday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time and 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Have an outstanding week.